0: It's February. It's the month of love, and Valentine's Day is next week. It's actually a very special day for Russ and I because it's the day we found out we were going to be parents. We had been trying, and I just had a feeling that I was. So on Valentine's Day, 16 years ago, I remember it very vividly. I was at work, and I worked as a property manager in the city at the time. I ran across the street and got one of those pregnancy tests at Walgreens that said the word either pregnant or not pregnant, just so there was no confusion. And then I ran across the other street to Hallmark, and I picked up a little Valentine's Day bag with some tissue paper, and I decided I was going to wait till I got home to take the test. Russ was cooking a nice dinner, and while he was cooking, I went upstairs, took the test. Sure enough, it said pregnant. I cleaned it up, wrapped it up, and brought his gift downstairs, and I was so excited to give it to him and asked if he wanted his gift before or after dinner, and he saw how excited I was. So he chose to open it up before dinner, and when he opened it, he was in such disbelief that he asked if I had another test to make sure it was correct. He was excited, of course. It was something we really both wanted, but we ended up going out and picking up another test. It was positive, and we were both in such shock that we never actually got to eat the amazing dinner he had planned. So yes, Valentine's Day will always be a special anniversary for us. It's the beginning of our parenting chapter, the day our lives forever changed for the best, and we're actually going to be spending this Valentine's Day in the Dominican Republic on a kids-free vacation, celebrating our marriage and the wonderful life we built together. So today, before we go on our trip, I wanted to do an episode about marriage, the wife part of mom-wife career life. People always ask when I'm going to talk about our marriage, and I should touch on it more because a strong marriage really is the foundation to a balanced life. If you are a single mom, that's a whole lot on your plate. And if you are in a marriage where you are unhappy, that just throws everything off. Russ and I have been together for almost 22 years, and we are so very blessed. We have a great relationship, always have, but it's also because we've always been great at communicating. We learned very early on in our relationship the concept of the five love languages when Our best friends, Phil and Ann, giving them a little shout out because they are an amazing example of a loving relationship and partnership, but they shared the concepts of the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, with us. If you have not read that book, please do yourself a favor and read it, and when you're done, give it to your partner to have them read, and then go out on a little date night and discuss what your love languages are. It can really make a huge difference in your marriage, which brings us to today's topic learning all about love languages and how they will help you have a balanced marriage. Are you feeling overwhelmed, trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work, with time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom-Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third. It's time to dive into today's episode of Mom-Wife Career Life. When you think of work-life balance, I think the majority of us don't consider our marriage to be part of that equation, or if we do, we don't think of it as very impactful, but it is. The stronger the marriage you have, The better relationship you have with your partner, the stronger foundation you have. And that plays a huge part in a balanced life. You need to take time to nurture your marriage. You need to have that kids-free one-on-one time to keep that spark alive. And I know if you're listening to the show, you are struggling with time management and trying to keep all those balls in the air. So the date nights and the self-care are probably pretty low on your priority list. But I promise you, you have the time in your schedule. And that is something I help you find in my coaching sessions. There will Always be excuses for not prioritizing your marriage. We don't have time. My husband works crazy hours. Our kids sleep in our bed. We don't have a babysitter. We don't have money. And I'm here to tell you that all of that is just excuses. You do have the time. You don't need money to nurture your marriage. And all the other stuff is just stuff you have to work around if you're willing to do the work. And these are all things I could help you through in my coaching session. So if this sounds like you, then let's chat. I want to help you book a complimentary coaching call. They are free and they are short, so stop with the excuses that you don't have time. If you don't have time for a five to ten minute phone call, then you need me more than you know. What you also need to understand is the concept of love languages and the part they play in your relationships. The concept of the five love languages comes from the book The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate by Dr. Gary Chapman. In the book, He breaks down the five ways that most people express and experience love. And those ways are either through words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, or physical touch. I'll go through each one of them in a minute, but it's really important to understand that not everyone expresses themselves in the same way. Not everyone shows love in the same way. And this is not just in marriage. This is in all aspects of your life, with your parents, with your children, with your friends. I highly recommend the book. And I highly recommend you have your partner read it, too. It's not too late to grab a copy and give it to them as part of their Valentine's Day gift, a good way to sneak it into the combo. And as we go through each type, you'll probably know right away which one you are and which one your partner is. But keep in mind that you may show your love in the language you prefer, but your partner may not receive it in the way you intend it to because it's not their love language. So it will not resonate as well with them. You can also have more than one love language, but one is usually more dominant than the other. So the first one is words of affirmation. People with this love language really appreciate verbal expression of love, commitments, appreciation, or positive affirmations. This is one of Russ's love languages, and I joke all the time. He'll tell me something he did, like unclog a toilet or something. I can't think of a better example right now, but I give him a big pat on his back and tell him, good job, boo. And I call him boo, by the way. He'll probably hate me for saying that, but I'm pretty much an open book. I joke, but I know it's something that makes him happy to hear how much I appreciate him. And this may be your love language, too. And if your spouse doesn't tell you that they love you or give you compliments or tell you how much they appreciate you, then you're not receiving love in the way that really speaks to your heart. In this case, literally speaks, not just figuratively. The second type of love language is acts of service. And this is absolutely, hands down, my love language. For people with this love language, actions speak so much louder than words. We feel love when our partner performs an act of service for us, like helping clean the house, running errands, taking care of a task that makes my life easier. I joke with Russ all the time. I tell him there's nothing hotter than seeing him scrubbing the shower floor. But seriously, when he helps around the house, when he cooks dinner, I am so grateful, also because he's a much better cook than I am. But if this is your partner's love language, then see what things you can maybe do for them to show them that you love them. I'm sure you're already doing a ton of things for them that might go unnoticed, but at least next week, Valentine's Day week, try thinking of something you can do for them. Some act of service, maybe cleaning the inside of their car, cook them their favorite meal, something where you're giving them a gift of your time. The third love language is receiving gifts. Some people feel most love when they receive a thoughtful or a meaningful gift. It's not about the material value of the item, but the thought and effort that you put into actually choosing that gift. This is actually the least of my love languages. I am not big on receiving gifts at all. I love giving gifts like Christmas. I put a lot of thought into the gifts and I love watching my family open them, but I don't like people spending money on me. And I'm not the type of person that will just go out and buy someone a gift out of the blue because it's just not something that even crosses my mind. I would rather do something for a person that helps them than just spend money on them to spend money. And Russ knows this. I think we spent so long getting in a good financial place, paying off debt, student loans, saving for a house that spending money on frivolous things that I don't really need actually get me more upset than make me happy. Like, he knows, do not go out and buy me jewelry. He rarely gets me flowers because the first question I'll ask him is, how much did you spend on that? It's funny because for Christmas, he framed two of my favorite Avett Brother concert posters, which I absolutely love both of them. But he said the real gift was the amount of money he saved on the frames. And he walked me through all the coupons and the discounts he looked for that he applied to get the frames, which he knows me so well, that really meant more to me than the actual gifts. I also rarely buy anything at full price. So if you can get a savings, that just lights me up too. So on the flip side, if this is your love language and your partner doesn't buy you things or they don't put much thought into what they get you, it can definitely cause a little resentment. The fourth love language is quality time. If this is your love language, then You value undivided attention and really meaningful conversations. You want to spend quality time with your partner and have them present and free from distractions when you're together. I think we all have a little bit of this love language in us, but I also think cell phones have made it really difficult for anyone that has this as their primary love language because we're always constantly distracted. Regardless if this is your partner's love language or your love language, you really should be making a point to have that one-on-one time We try to do a date night once a month where we go out of the house and do something, just the two of us. And we try to do at least one vacation a year with just the two of us, which is the vacation we're going on next week. You don't have to spend money to have quality time either. You can go for a hike, a picnic, or even when the kids are settled for the night, you can make it a point to do something that is quality time and not just watch Netflix. The fifth and last love language is physical touch. And this doesn't just mean in the bedroom. If this is your love language, you love to cuddle, you love the unsolicited hugs, the impromptu kiss, the holding hands when you walk down the street, the intimate touches that let you know that your partner cares and is thinking about you. This can be hard for some people. Not everyone likes to be touched, and it can also be a cultural thing. If you or your partner didn't grow up in a house where people cuddled or hugged or showed affection in that way, then this might not be their thing. So those are the five love languages. And like I said earlier, people may have a combination of the different love languages, but... There's usually one love language that resonates the most of them. And understanding and communicating in each other's love language can really lead to a deeper emotional connection and overall happiness in your relationships. So moms, I am giving you homework this week. I want you to take some time to really reflect and figure out what is your primary love language and do the same with your partner. Like I said, you can even buy the book for Valentine's Day. I'll link it in the show notes. So, All you have to do is scroll down and click. And even if they're not open to it, you can start doing the work to change the way you communicate in a love language that you think they are and see how it impacts your relationship. I would love to hear what you learned about yourself in this episode and what love language you are. So head on over to our Facebook group and tell me all about it. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom MomWife Career Life with Carrie. B. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me and let them know that they are not alone and they can create balance in their life too. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life or come on over and hang out with us in our Facebook community. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Kerry Pat.